guys welcome back to another episode of the morning skate you got ked here this is episode 159 we have finally made it to the stanley cup final holy shit uh again this is ked your host i'm here with biz dev dale who is in philly i'm pretty sure that's a city of brotherly love correct me if i'm wrong bada boom bada bang here in a hotel in philly yeah doing well got the game on right now tampa bay up one nothing little uh knuckle puck from Braden point how good, how good is Braden Point? We've talked about him on the last couple of pods. Insane the shit that that guy does, especially – I think he was a third-round pick. Superstar. And I'm also here with Hal. Hal, what up, buddy? I had no idea you guys started. I thought we were just kind of having some light banter about the game going on beforehand. So, uh, I'm doing good. It's good, good to be back on the podcast for another week. Stanley Cup Finals. Um Oh, actually, there's something I – can I just jump right into it? Because this isn't on our topics, and I just want to toss this one out there. Have you, like – are you guys concerned about next year at all? Like, they say they do not want to play until summer – into summer or late into summer, and they want to start the season in December, and they want to play 82 games. Like, is that going to happen? How I don't know. I'm kind of concerned because we've been real good in this bubble. They're not really going to be 32 teams in a bubble, are they? No, there's no way they would do that, and there's no way the players would agree, I feel like, right? Like, Yeah, so immediately it's like, I don't know. How bad's baseball been? I remember the Marlins kind of got in one the first week of the year, but since then, has it been shitty? No, and I think and I think uh, that's exactly what they do. They'll have to do it like baseball and like how football are doing it. But, like, I don't think owners are going to be okay with a short season because they need money if they're not – selling tickets like right like i mean arizona hasn't even paid the rink yet oh really yeah that that recently came out i think arizona's in a whole whole world of hurt <laughs> i got a game break i got a game break boys tampa bay up two nothing andre plot backdoor goal two nothing bolts up well dale game break action i'll be thank you dale that was sick dude. what do you guys so andre plot andre plot's kind of an interesting character no if you look wait, back 95 mile an hour shot Speed. The sabermetrics. You're just throwing us the sabermetrics too. What Do you launch, think what was the launch angle? So here's a question for you, or Ked. Do you think Andre Plot is like is a product of being on that team? Because like if you look back, like when they first started out, really before Kucherov popped off and all of that, like Plot was one of their young studs, and he's always been really solid, right? He's like a seventh round pick. He has eight goals in the playoffs this year. Like, do you think Andre Plot is sick because his line mates are sick? Or do you think Andre Plot would be this good on any team? He might be the most irrelevant, relevant player in NHL history. If that makes any sense. Like, he's like a Chris Kunitz? He, he, sort of, yeah. Like, just kind of – he's hard to explain. He, you're right. He's just a solid, solid player. He does everything right. But it's Great not like he's like a superstar. He's like if Jesper Fast was what Ranger fans think Jesper Fast is. Yeah, and I think, like, any team in the NHL is happy to have him on the second line. It's just crazy to me. I know he only has, like, eight goals. It just seems like he's always around it, and he has a cannon of a shot, and he's, like, solid. He's, like, thick. You know what I mean? He's low-key thick, dude. <laughs> I don't know. So, I, what do we do now? I don't know. I just – I wasn't – to be honest with you, I wasn't expecting just to jump right in with Andre Palat talk, but here we are. So let's I'm just, fucking let's I'm just chopping at the bit. NHL in the news. Let's just play the fucking music, dude. Dun, dun, dun. All right, NHL in the news time. So, like we mentioned earlier, we are in the Stanley Cup final. The uh, Tampa Bay Lightning did end up beating the New York Islanders, and the Dallas Stars ended up beating the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, Hal, I know that you probably want to 
<clears throat> talk some shit right now about the record. So I'm going to kind of give you your time and take it away, buddy. <clears throat> That's it, dude. I don't, I don't really have that much to say on it. I think me and Dale both went one and one. Did you go zero and two, Ked? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did, and I, and so now I'm I'm in the lead. Uh, Ked's in second. Dale's in a far third. The best we can do is tie. So technically, whatever I pick, Ked to have any chance at least tying would have to pick the opposite. So it'll be interesting to see who picks who there. Uh, yeah, no. So I'm just picking whoever you don't pick. And and again, I kind of want to circle back to it. You pick the Islanders too. I find that. You felt you were believing in the Islanders. I think you already have a spin zone, though, that it was like a reverse jinx or something. I don't know if it's a spin zone. I straight up told you that last last time that we had a podcast. Like, I thought the Islanders are a very well-coached team. If anybody could have beat the Lightning, it would have been them. But also, I mean, the Rangers at least made it to a cup final against the, the LA uh, Kings. So, who we're still varsity. I remember you asked me, would the, would the Rangers, you know, not be varsity anymore if the Islanders were to go on and win the cup? It worked out exactly the way I wanted to. I'm down to lose a bet to ensure the fact that the Rangers still have their varsity letterman jackets. Game break, Shattenkirk, third goal of the game, 3 nothing, Tampa Bay. Kevin Shattenkirk, man, that fucking guy. Didn't do a goddamn thing with the Rangers, except for give me, like, fucking chills every time that commercial would come on, and that guy's like, oh, Kevin Shattenkirk's coming home, dude. It's like, no, he didn't come home. But what what did what did you have on those uh, series, Al? Were were you uh, were you surprised about the Dallas Stars? I'm assuming you did. I was until I saw that picture of Anton Kadobin just like looking like a Russian Tim Thomas. I thought that was kind of sick. Uh, what, what what do you have on the two series, buddy? Yeah, so I'm just gonna be point blank with our fans. Uh, the Bruins lost to Tampa the round prior. I did not watch a single. Uh, Lightning Islanders game. I just didn't have it in me. The the Lightning make me sick. I'm over it. I'm watching the Stanley Cup Finals. It is uh, it is something I can actually enjoy. But I was just too sour to watch that series. Uh, as for the Stars, yeah, I mean Doby's been really good, right? If you look at it, it basically comes down to they have a super hot goalie. It's yeah. it is very Tim Thomas esque. Uh, I don't know. I've always been a fan of Anton Hudobin. It's cool to kind of see him get this shine, and he's super easy to root for. Yeah. Um, but, I, dude, for me, the takeaway is just the stars. I don't really know how to describe it. It just feels like – kind of feels like the Blues last year, right, where it's just this team out of the West Coast who had their ups and downs, right, their coach left. We'll get to that later. Um, and here they are in the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, good for them. Like, I – it's just a weird hod, hodgepodge team. Uh, and, like, Sagan isn't even, like, scoring that many goals. It just kind of seems like – they're doing it in weird ways. Like in game one of the finals, we'll get to that Hibberanta guy who scored the hat trick too. Like they're just getting it from everybody. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought the stars actually deserved to win that series and it's nice to see the Knights lose again. I'm glad that you mentioned Tyler Sagan because I had a conversation with fever boy Rex yesterday. We, we both agreed that he's a good player, but I think we also came to the conclusion, the fact that like Tyler Sagan's tattoos make people perceive that he's like an all-star in the league. What? You're saying it's just solely based on tattoos? I think it could be, dude. And just like his off-the-ice swagger, like Tyler Sagan's like fucking sick, but then you watch him in the playoffs, man, he really hasn't done much. It's been it's been that secondary-type scoring for the Stars and the fact that they have Miro Haskin on the back end. Uh, Anton Kadobin, man, I it, it's – do you know anybody who doesn't like that guy? Like, he's fun to watch. He literally reminds me of fucking Tim Thomas. And while we're talking about goalies, when the Islanders won in, I think, d- double overtime, did you see Varlamov come down the ice and just fucking right on the belly, right past the pile? I laughed so fucking hard when I, when I saw that. Like, what a legend. Yeah. No, no, I agree, and I definitely agree on the Hadobin part, too. Um, the other thing that's kind of, like, caught me by surprise would be the Stars' defense, like – Lindell, remember last year Lindell was that dude that was flopping in the playoffs? Like, hard, hard. Like, so hard. Like, he, he looks solid. Klingbird's good. I love Alexiak a lot. He's like a throwback stay-at-home defenseman. He's just huge. And he had that sick goal the other night, which I guess we'll get to later. Haskinen. And then they have Sakara on the third pair. Like, I think low-key Andre Sakara is, like, a very good veteran. He's almost – it's kind of like the Andy Green of the Stars. Like, we kind of gave Andy Green some shine for the Islanders. Kind of that similar 
role where it just makes sense. I'm I'm pretty sure Andy didn't Andy Green take a penalty that like ended the Islanders season. Yeah. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. That, I don't know. If, you, if did, you listen to Spin Chicklets, they always talk about the Chicklets bump right there. That was the morning skate bump, dude. Talk about Andy Green one time in my entire life, and he fucking ends up blowing it for his own team. <laughs> That's so true. We finally were like, it's time to appreciate Andy Green. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that worked out, Andy Green. I thought that was fucking – I thought that was really funny. Uh, <coughs> I mean, Vegas can't get over the hump, huh? Yeah, but, I mean, like, do you actually believe that? I still stand pat, and if you've listened to this podcast for years, you know I just do not think their team is that good. Like, I don't I don't really care what anybody says about the Knights. Like, Pacioretty and Riley Smith and, like, William Carlson is just, like, a weird core. Paul Stasny, Mark Stone, sick. And I, I think Mark Paul Stasny. I think Paul Stassi is a really good player, too, and he fits a really good role. I just feel like people act like they're this unbelievably talented team, when in reality, like, maybe their most talented player is Alex Tuck, who, like, and he's sick. I'm not saying he's, like, not a good hockey player, but he's not a superstar. Like, they're definitely deep, but I just don't think they have that, like, oomph. Well, I bet Carlson, if he could go back and redo it again, he wouldn't have done that one-year deal. No. Oh, dude, what about – I think the ultimate one that makes me shake my head is that uh, the Ducks had to, like, give them Shea Theodore because uh, Kevin Bieksa had a no-movement clause on his contract, so they couldn't they couldn't put him in there. Like, that sucks. Shea Theodore is an unbelievable player. If there's one thing I'll give the Knights credit for, it's that they got Theodore and Tuck out of all of that, and they're both, like, phenomenal hockey players. Yeah, I, I saw somebody tweet out, like, Shea Theodore is finally starting to show that he could be a Norris Trophy candidate. I think somebody on the night said it, and when I saw that, I started laughing. I'm like, who the fuck is Shea Theodore? I remember being like, well, that's just so incorrect, and then he just went and fucking just pooped right on me, dude. Like, what a performance by that kid. He is a very, very good hockey player, and you're right, like, they got him for what did they do? They just took a contract and that's how they got him. Or it was maybe one of those things where like, like the team had to pick and choose what, what player they wanted to not be subject to get, getting dealt. I don't know. Regardless of the situation, shout out to Vegas for getting those two players because I mean, they are nasty. Shout out also to, I think one time guest and contributor, big red, our fantasy expert came on one podcast probably four years ago. And his rookie to watch out for in fantasy hockey was Shea Theodore. So shout out Big Red. I mean, that's just classic Big Red, dude. Like, say He's something good at fantasy hockey. Full fucking. I'm gonna be honest with you. I just want to put this out there in the ether right now. Please, no one ask me to join a fantasy hockey league next year. I just don't. I can't do it. I don't have it in me, dude. I can. I can. I can barely make it to my bed to go to sleep at night. I can't do a fucking <laughs> fantasy hockey, man. I remember, dude. My oh my god, we used to be like heavily. I won it one year. I can't, I can't even explain to you how much time I've wasted in my life fucking going on startinglineups.com or daily lockup and, like, picking up a fucking third-string backup goalie. So oh, like, dude, that's like, the oh worst. God, fuck off. That's why fantasy hockey, like, just doesn't hit like fantasy football does because all you need to do is find a backup goalie starting that night. Like, mm-hmm. if you love the waiver wire every single day, then you can win your fantasy hockey league. That's all it comes down to. No, and, and you're not wrong about that, dude. That is literally fantasy hockey in a nutshell. <laughs> but the Stars ended up taking game one against uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Stars just keep going on this weird run where, like, holy shit, they actually might end up winning it all. Uh, Dale's been giving us some game breaks. It's game two. They're down 3 nothing right now. That's not looking too good. But, how? what do you have on this series? And, and most importantly, who do you have taking home the cup? Yeah, so I, when I watched the game the other night, I wrote down – I have five notes on my phone, so I'll just go through those really quick on game one. That'll give you my prediction. I'm going to build up the stars a little bit here. I mentioned them, I mentioned both these guys earlier, but Hivaranta uh, in game one, I forget who he laid out, but he he killed somebody. And he then he ended open, up, dude. He busted open. And then he and then he went down and scored a goal. I just I don't know. A lot of times you see him. It's him, Rope Hints and Corey Perry out there on the ice, and they're just – they're annoying to play with, and it's an interesting line to me. And, again, I love the finish connection going on with the Stars. Um, that Alexiak goal was sick. That, it reminded me of Bogosian 
in the last round, just a big man with hands in front of the net. I'm telling you, I I love that guy. I feel like if you look if you look at the Stars decor, and this is probably terrible to say, but they're so like European. Like they're not like the toughest guys. I mentioned Lindell. Like Heskinen's like that new age defensive that's small. I just think the value in having that guy back there is uh, it's huge. And also, he's the real big rig dude, right? Like that's not Patty Maroon's nickname. No, Patty Maroon's like the fat truck. <laughs> Come on, dude. You can't call him fat, bro. I'm just kidding, dude. But I think you kind of nailed it when you mentioned Corey. When you mentioned Corey Perry. And I like obviously, if you listen to the podcast, you know I'm a Rangers fan. The Rangers throughout the years, when they were when they were playing really, really well, they would go out and they would sign or trade for like these big name free agents that were kind of at the bottom of their career, right? The Dallas Stars did the exact same thing, but the Dallas Stars didn't expect those guys to put up first line numbers. Corey Perry is a very suitable player, but like if he went to the Rangers, the Rangers would be like, okay, Corey Perry, go out there and score 40 goals. Like, the Dallas Stars just added him to that core. And another huge hookup, man, that Joe Pavelski deal was fucking awesome for the Dallas Stars. I love Joe Pavelski. He's fucking pretty much Captain America, dude. He, he, I mean, nobody ever has anything wrong to say about that guy. And all of a sudden, not only do you add, like, an annoying as shit Corey Perry who's, who's seen it and he's done it, but you add a guy like Joe Pavelski who's fucking hungry to win his first goddamn Stanley Cup. Brings the leadership, the work ethic. The guy's out there tipping pucks. He's, I don't know how old he is, but, like, he's still standing in front of the net after practice tipping pucks because that's just who he is. You add those two guys to a younger group of players with your with already leadership in Jamie Benn, and that, I mean, that is why the Dallas Stars are doing what the Dallas Stars are doing. And then you still have fun guys. Like, Alex Radulov, maybe a little bit of a wild card, but you can't tell me that that guy's not fun as shit. You know what I mean? Like, and, and you add, like, I just love their makeup of their team. Their makeup – is it is it the team that I would be proud to be a fan of? Yeah, no, I agree. I also just wanted to toss this one out there uh, for the stars. People say that uh, physical play doesn't matter in the NHL anymore. Number one team in the bubble for hits per 60 minutes is the Dallas Stars of 40.8 hits a game. So That's they're number one in the league. Also, if you look at the top five stat, four, the four last teams were all in there. And, Ked, if you want to pump your tires a little bit, the Rangers were number four in hits per 60 in the bubble. And what was funny about that is it wasn't even the Rangers. Just Brendan Smith was fourth in the league for hits <laughs> per 60. Dude. <laughs> so, I don't know, but don't you find that interesting? It went top five in the league sure. in the bubble. Stars, Islanders, Knights, Rangers, Lightning. Like, it shows teams that want – if you want to play physical, like, that's what you have to do. I mean, that's and then, kind of hockey. And, and it's not even blowing people up, dude. It's just literally just finishing your check every single time you're fucking out there because that just wears people down. Yeah, and then if you look on the flip end, flip, the, the flip, flip end, the, the flip, flip side end. of it, the flip last two teams in the bubble for hits per 60, and it makes sense, 23 was the Predators, 22 hits per 60, and 24 was the Maple Leafs, 19 hits per 60. That means the Stars are throwing double the hits a game as the Maple Leafs, like, throughout this long run, like, that just shows what you need, like point blank. Like that is the graphic. Dude, and they have those young kids, but then they also have other depth pieces like Andrew Cogliano. That guy's been the fastest skater ever since I've been alive. Like that guy just fucking flies. And then a guy who I can't stand, but now I actually kind of am into, Blake fucking Como, dude. And your bottom six going out there and just wet Willie and Sammy Gerard and just getting away with it, dude. Like I love that shit, dude. Yeah, and – so I'm just going to kind of switch it now. Uh, my prediction after – at the end of the game one, right, I feel like the Lightning and the Stars just came from two totally different situations. This, the Stars had a break. The Lightning just played like a grind-out series against the Islanders where Matt Martin's patrolling the red line. They come out and they kind of get worked. But that third period, Anton Hedobin stood on his head. Third period shots in game one was 22-2 to two in favor of the Lightning. And now you're looking at it. They're up 3-0 on the first period. I think the Lightning are awake. Uh, I think the Lightning kind of had to readjust into a new series. And I think anyone's kidding themselves if they don't think the Lightning are the favorites to win this series. I have Lightning in six. All right, dude. Well, I'm just going to have to take my Dallas Stars, dude. <laughs> you guys remember last year, Matt Zuccarello went to Dallas Stars, dude. And you know what? Ted was the sheriff. And I'm back, baby. So Dallas, Dallas Stars. And five, <laughs> dude. It it really quick, Dale. Before you go off, it really does it hurt you? It kind of hurts me, and I'm not even that big of a Zook fan. Like, 
why couldn't have he been traded there this year or like signed an extension? Like if he was on that team, that would definitely be a piece where now you're looking stacked. I don't know if their salary cap would work, but like, damn, why isn't he there? It would have been kind of fucking cool to watch him because like he would have just been on. He probably would have been with Rope Hints in that. I forget his name. Kiri Vada, Henry Vada. What is it? Yeah, let's go with that. Kira Vada. Ke- Kevin, I don't know. Dale might have to fact check us on that. But, yeah, put him with the Finns. Yeah, put him with the Finns, dude. One, Two Finns in a normal region walk into a bar, dude. Win a Stanley Cup, dude. Win a fucking Stanley Cup, dude. All right, Dale, this is the prediction we're all waiting for. Who you got? <laughs> so, I think Tampa Bay's got the better players. They got Point. They got Kucherov. They've got Stamkos. Kilhorn, I think they're a fast team. I think they're a great team. Um, but I think sometimes in hockey we know it's not always the best players, it's the right ones. And I think the Dallas Stars have a better team. They're more well-rounded. Uh, I was fortunate enough to see them play in Dallas earlier this year. They got the W, uh, one of two NHL games I went to. Love to see them. Love the arena. The ice girl gave me a puck. It was a pretty cool experience. And for that, I'm going with the Dallas Stars. Like that for us. Only only argument I would make is that this is finally the year that the Lightning kind of like put together a bottom six, but I like the sentiment there, Dale. Um fuck. Oh, we had to talk about one more thing. Uh Maroon shooting the puck into the bench. I don't know about you guys. I don't I didn't really hate the move, and I also can continue to hate Patty Maroon a little bit more the more I watch him play hockey. Um, but I didn't hate the move, although if I was on that other team, I would have freaked out. Like, what's your general opinion? And I'd like to hear from Dale, too, on shooting the puck into the other team's bench. What, what's that bar in – oh, the bullpen. He learned, he learned that move in the bullpen. Glens Falls, New York, uh, shoot the puck in the other team's bench. It's such, dude, that's such a scumbag thing to do. But it's like when, you're, when you get called fat so many times, dude, there's only, there's only one way to protect yourself, and it's just a hum a high hard one. So I kind of respect that. Yeah. I, don't, that's, I don't I think that's Bush League I just yeah I'm, I'm trying I'm pulling up the video right now you just don't do that there's no place in hockey for that Dale I think if I, I think if I think if you were fat and I called you fat every single day for like eight days in a row I think that you would do something crazy yeah you're right everybody's got a breaking point that's fair they fucking broke Patty Maroon dude holy dude yeah i mean that could be a possibility maybe maybe we should be worried about him but like what are the odds like what do you the only one of the downfalls i have picking the lightning and what are the statistical odds that patty maroon's gonna win back-to-back stanley cups i don't know i (laughs) could you imagine if you could have bet that (laughs) yeah and i also do want to preface this because we used to be a pro patty maroon podcast like i thought patty maroon was one of the coolest AHL hockey players I ever saw. It was like, he was probably what, in the AHL, like 2009, 2010, right? Like, and that was like right at the end of like the AHL, like having all those big fighters. Like the the Phantoms still had guys like Garrett Klotz and like they did have goons, but it wasn't quite the same. And he was just that power forward that brought it every night. Every night, dude. And I mean, that's Glenn Swall's new. And I mean, really, the nights he didn't bring it, because, like, we're saying he brought it every night, but he definitely probably floated out there. But the nights he didn't bring it, he did shoot pucks, like, into the bench. Like, that's probably why we liked him. Yeah. Like, and now that you're saying – Criticizing him for is probably why I rooted for him when he was on the fan. I, I rescind my comments, dude. He didn't, he didn't even hit it very hard. Like, I, he, like – It was a – yeah, it was a muffin, but it hit a guy in the face. Like, it is a scumbag move, but maybe, maybe I'm going to give him some slack. Dude, Hal, I think it's so funny that you said that he might not have brought it every night because I'm pretty sure he just literally got kicked off the team like halfway through the year. So, <laughs> yeah, but literally right long. before that, you agreed. You were like, he did bring it every night. And then I was like, yeah, wait, exactly. no, he because, because we're a bunch of fucking degenerates, dude. When we go to an AHL game, we love fucking the ISO cam on Patty Maroon. Like, that's not a normal thing, dude. Him and Matsumoto had so much chemistry. That's a fucking moto. Do you remember Wolfie? I loved Wolfie, dude. Yeah, what was his name? That ger- oh. he was a German forward, right? I know he was on their he was on their Olympic team like two years ago when they made it to the yeah. gold medal game. I mean, he was fantastic, dude. He brought a lot of energy up there up north. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we'll we'll see what happens with the Lightning Ooh. Stars. We got. Okay, can them. I just ask this? I think I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. Uh, <clears throat> ECHL update. I mean, you technically work for an organization. Have you heard anything? 
I mean, dude, yeah. like, if there's a season, I doubt that they have fans, so I don't think they really need me running around the fucking aisles. <laughs> no, but if you look at the bubble, there's mascots. I'm not, I'm not a mascot, dude. I'm a, I'm a game host. And you know what? Hal's going through a coughing fit right now, and I think he kind of earned that by calling me a mascot. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I just meant there's still some in-game entertainment. What, what do you want me to do? Fucking sit at center ice and do the WAP, dude, on fucking Channel 3 New? Yeah, man. <laughs> that's exactly what I want. I don't know, but that that's the series. We'll we'll have a recap once this is all said and done. But so you got the lightning, Dale and I got the stars. It's gonna be interesting. Uh and also, like to be completely honest, I'm not trying to sound like a Debbie Downer. Like hopefully next year there's at least one team I like and pumped that are in the cup final. I got stars in seven to clarify. Okay, stars in seven. I appreciate that, Dale. But, yeah, we were already kind of talking about this, man. As soon as this is over, we have, like, maybe two months off, and then we're right back into the regular season. So, uh, that – that uh, the NHL draft's coming up, so that'll be nice when the Rangers pick a little off front here. But uh, here's, some, here's some more news, dude. The NHL awards were announced tonight. Uh, the Hart Memorial Trophy, the most valuable player, went to Leon Dreisaitl. The Norris went to Roman Yossi. Uh, Vesna went to Connor Hellenbuck. Calder went to Kale McCarr. Ted Lindsay went to Leon Dreisaitl. We already talked about Matt Dumba and Bobby Ryan. Sean Couturier ended up getting the Selkie, as Hal is whimpering underneath his pillow right now. Uh, Lady Bing went to Nate McKinnon. Bruce Cassidy got the Jack Edwards Award. Uh, Mark Messier Award. Goes I thought the Jack Edwards Award. I, no, I said Jack Adams, didn't I? I thought you said Jack Edwards. I might have. Uh, <laughs> and then GM of the Year, Lou Lamorello. Five-year plan. Toronto got away from it. Now look. Uh, but, yeah. So, what, what do we have on the awards? Are you good with all these? Let's kind of just break down. Leon Dreisaitl for most valuable player. I'm fine with it. I, I would have yeah, I picked I McKinnon. Picked yeah, I picked McKinnon. I was hoping for McKinnon. I'm fine with Dreisaitl. It went, it went Dreisaitl, McKinnon, Panarin. I mean, Panarin being third is not a bad look. And then fourth was pasta fifth was mcdavid that's probably my only complaint is like you have two guys in the top five like i don't know like mcdavid dry settle clearly had a better season than mcdavid but mcdavid still had first place votes how does that work because i think yeah i don't know man because i think some people literally just vote by who they think the best player is instead of just like who meant the most to their team yeah that makes sense uh the norris went to roman yossi you good with that I don't hate it. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had a – he had career highs, right? He brings uh, it all, dude. I know, yeah. I know we don't like the Norris because it's, like, more of an offensive, like, type player. But, like, Roman Yossi can do anything. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I think he had a good season. And then I think top three was Carlson, Hedman were behind him. Like, it all makes sense to me. Like, I don't hate Roman Yossi. It's one of those years where I don't think – one of those guys completely stood out, and it's kind of like he's earned it. And he had career high, so why not? So it makes sense for Yossi to win. Um, Connor Hellenbuck with the Vesna Trophy. Like, I know he had a good year, but is it kind of weird that, like, growing up, the Vesna like, went to Marty Brodeur and, like, Patrick Waugh? I don't know if Mike Richter ever won one, but, like, now we're in 2020, and, and the league's best goal is Connor Hellenbuck. Is that weird? Yeah. No, I think I think part of that too, and I could be totally wrong on this, but I feel like they score more goals than they did in the '90s and 2000s. So like, optics might be different on like how goalies perform. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Marty Brodeur was unbelievable, but like, would Marty Brodeur be good in today's NHL? Like, I, probably yes, but it, I just think it would look a little bit different. Does that? I feel like it was easier to be like a superstar goalie back then. Yeah, I think like I feel like the defensive game was more. Uh, in your face than it is nowadays. I, I would agree with that. Um, and I think Terry Price was the closest we had to it, and he's just kind of fallen off. Yeah. But like, if you want to look to that, I think there has been somewhat recent good goalies. I don't know. I just – I think Connor Halbuck's a good goalie. I just can't believe he won a Vesna. Like, good for him, man. American goalie. I love that. Uh, yeah. Kale McCarr, the league's top rookie. Adam Fox got absolutely shafted. Yeah, um, so I'm pumped about – I'm pumped about uh, Kale McCarr. I think it's uh, – I think it's great. I've got – Whipping out my uh, Colorado Avalanche blade shades. They got the uh, the new Pro Series here. Just shout out blade shades. They come in all different uh, all different teams now. So shout out Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon. Dale, maybe, Dale, maybe we can clip that for our Instagram page. Oh yeah. 
into that. Um, what do you have on this this joke that Adam Fox got shafted? Yeah, I don't know. I thought Adam Fox finishing fourth seemed pretty fair, dude. Like, it seemed fair. I it was between Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes. I was surprised that Kale McCarr had like a hundred more first place votes than Quinn Hughes. That kind of shocked me. But I think it's the right choice. Like, I I don't know. I think it's the right choice. Either one of those two win, and I think I'm happy. Yeah, I'm just kidding around, dude. Cam McCarr probably deserved it, dude. Um, Ted Lindsay, that went to Leon Dreisel. Ted Lindsay, King Clancy, Masterson. Let's just pass all those. Selkie goes to Couturier. Uh, Yeah, I'm fine with that. I think you said I cried in my pillow a little bit. I'm fine with it. I I think he's a really good player. He led the NHL in faceoff percentage. I think once you do that and you're already somebody who's already, like, in the running every year, you like, you got to give it to him. I like Couturier a lot. It's such a weird – one of those weird career arcs where he came in as an 18-year-old and became like a shutdown forward. Just sick. Really fucking cool. Very underrated player. Um, Lady Bing, most gentlemanly player, goes in 18. Come on. I don't even want to – let's not do luck. it. Tough luck. Do you think that's why he didn't win the MVP because he was too busy collecting the Lady Bing? He was too busy fucking telling everybody great job out there? I don't know. I, it could have went – I love Nathan McKinnon. I really do. I'd take him on my team in two seconds. I love the way he plays. He's powerful. He play, I thought he plays with an edge. But, I don't know, maybe, maybe mix it up a little bit more next year. Yeah, I don't hate that. Um, the Jack Edwards Award, Jack Adams Award, uh, Coach of the Year goes to uh, Bruce Cassidy. His name would be cool if it was Butch. But uh, yeah. what, do you have on, what do you have on Bruce? Is it well-deserved? I mean, not being I, a dick, but the Bruins kind of – the they didn't win a cup again. Again, I'm not being an asshole, but when it, when it comes to, like, coach of the year, do you, it's also skewed, right, dude? Because we had so much hockey, and then we had a giant break from hockey, and then we came right back in. I, I don't even think it's close that Barry Trotz is the best fucking coach in the league. The shit that he did with the Islanders and to be able to get the Islanders into the Eastern Conference final, looking at that team on paper and getting those guys to buy in and, like, actually fucking coach, I don't – I've never seen anything like that. Like, that was kind of crazy to me. But, I mean, the Bruins are a good team. And the one thing that you had mentioned earlier this year is, like, when I asked you if you were worried, you said it was almost like they didn't even lose the year before. Like, the season just kept going on, and they just kept winning, and they just kept playing the way they needed to play. So, I mean, maybe maybe, maybe he is I – just, I, I just think Barry Trotz is more important to the Islanders than Bruce Cassidy is to the Bruins. Right, but Barry Trotz finished 14th with one second-place vote, and that's – the one thing I would say that's crazy about that is like, and I brought this up and I'll get to it in a second because a fucking writer, the morning skate group chat was fucking pissing me off with this fucking topic. Uh, so I kind of want to get into that. Barry, Barry Trotz, like had, they had like 10 less points this year. Like they didn't finish that far behind last year and he went from winning it to 14th place. Like, I just don't understand the thought process behind that. Like can a coach not go back to back? He did the, the same exact thing. Us? It's, it's got to be a popularity contest, honestly. I don't know. The, so my argument is, like, the group, the group chat was acting like this was such, like, a travesty and a joke. Like, I understand that the Bruins are super talented, and I do think a lot of coaches could probably be successful uh, with them. But with that being said, like, people forget when Claude Julien got fired, the Bruins had missed the playoffs for two years. Like, this core was dead, and, like, Bruce Cassidy has – has, like, kept it fresh and, like, working for, like, four years straight now. Like, they have not missed a beat, and they show up, and he flips lines around, and he didn't do a great job against the Lightning, but, like, they were the most dominant team in the NHL this year. And I think I think the fact that Vigneault and A.V. – or not, no, A.V. and Torts, I'm sorry, A.V. and Torts, like, kind of split the second place or first place vote. And I think the fact that you had two guys that were kind of so, so close in that same area – led way to people being like, well, Cassidy coached the best team. Like, I just don't think it's that big of a reach. Like, I, I get why people might think it's weird, but it made sense to me. I was happy for him. I'm just looking at a picture of him right now. He looks like Rob Lowe. You remember uh, in Tommy Boy, the guy who's, like, married to Tommy's stepmom, yeah. like his brother? He looks just like him. I don't trust him. Youngblood? Yeah, no, he looks like Rob Lowe if he went on a bender, I feel like, because his hair is always kind of – He just looks like he could be such a – dick but like but like he comes off like he isn't i don't know that's that's just the vibe i get from bruce Cassidy. congratulations that's the first time he's won it yeah yeah absolutely 
So, and good point when in terms of like the Bruins missing the playoffs with Claude Julian, because you're right, like they they didn't really do much to the roster, right? When when all, that all said and done, they literally just got a new coach and then they started winning. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And what about? So I guess the only other award to talk about general manager Lou Lamorello, dude. What do you think on this one? Like, I mean, the Pajot trade ended up being great. It's kind of weird because the regular season didn't end, so they couldn't tell. Um, but I mean, it's fucking Lou Lamorello. Like, it feels like. It feels like this guy probably owns this award. Were you surprised that he won it? Um, I mean, this kind of seems like a popularity thing to me, too. Like, everybody loves Lou Lamorello. Like, that's like – he's a legend, right? Um, he said they're, like, kind of talking about the trades that he did. I think they've done everything that we've hoped them to do and probably more Lamorello said of Green and Pajot. They're certainly both quality individuals. One and Andy Green I've known for a long time since my day in New Jersey. So we signed him out of college as a free agent. Certainly Pajot, we watch him play. We play against him, and he brings a certain character within the game. That really is something I totally believe in. So, yeah, he did add some pieces. He did get Barry Trotz to come in. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this is a hot take. He came in second. I think uh, Breezebois, Julian Breezebois, the uh, the Lightning's GM. I think he should have won. Like every year. I don't know if I don't know if you remember this. I know they have a sick team, but like you remember, Yzerman left. Yeah. And Yzerman just left him in cap hell. And somehow all this guy's done. He's done is made this team sicker. Like, <laughs> like they they went out at the deadline. They they got a bunch of like Gaudreau and Coleman, and they got all those guys to play bottom six. Like all the old Rangers D that they resurrect look great. Like. It just seems like every move they make, yeah, Bogosian, every move they make is worked out. Like, don't you have to give that guy some credit? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great point, dude. I didn't even think of that. Like, he, he's added some pieces, and it's also way easier when your third-round picks are turning into braided point. Like, yeah. that's yeah. kind of nice. 100%. <laughs> dude, I actually was thinking about this, too. I don't know if you agree with this. I think the Syracuse Crunch is like a sick AHL team. Like, I think it makes the Lightning organization so much cooler that their top prospects and, like, their, their like, late-round draft picks have to go live in Syracuse for a couple of years and, like, grind it out. I just hate Kalorn and Paul Cat. Like, if if those two weren't on their team, I think I'd actually be kind of a Bolts fan. But, like, the fact that they're there just makes me just get so so angry. That's right, dude. People forget. Paul Cat ended Rick Nash's career. Rick Nash ended Rick Nash's career, dude. All right. So, that was that was the awards this year. Um, moving on, I just saw this was interesting. Larry Brooks came out with an article today talking about Matt Martin potentially going to the New York Rangers. Sounded like he really wanted it to. He made the point that the Rangers kind of really only rolled three lines the whole year, and, and now it's time that you, that you have your horses that you need to start building, like, the bottom six of your lineup. I kind of liked what he had to say. My thing is, is if you bring Matt Martin to the New York Rangers – you play Matt Martin the way the Islanders play Matt Martin. If you're just bringing Matt Martin to the Rangers to play fucking five minutes a night and just patrol the fucking center ice during warmups, this makes no sense. So I think it, it completely depends on if you want like an identity on your fourth line or if you just want a tough guy on your fourth line. Does that make sense? Yeah, isn't – so he's married to what, Boomer Esiason's daughter too? Isn't Boomer a huge Rangers fan? Huge Rangers fan. So, I mean, like you kind of owe him like <laughs> – like, that's your father-in-law. Like, some father-in-laws act, ask you to, like, pick them up beer at the store, like, clean out their garage, and, like, other father-in-laws are like, just go sign with the Rangers. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if they were to bring Matt Martin to New York, I would want Matt Martin to have, like, a fourth-line role like Brian Boyle once had with the Rangers instead of, like, a Donald Brashear fourth-line role. Does that make sense? Yeah, I yeah, and I think that's kind of what he does now. I think – and people might not agree with this, but I think with a guy like Matt Martin, though, that is smart to do is, like, maybe play him, like, 55 games in the regular season, 60 games. Like, maybe scratch him for young guys every now and then. Like, let him rest. I just feel like he throws his body around so much, and he's older, and he was already kind of slow, but he's kind of seemed to gain a step again. I feel like you kind of preserve him, and then you unleash him in the playoffs. And, like, that's exactly what you'll get on the fourth line, except for he'll be – tougher than so you can if you can find a solid fourth line center i know they don't make dominic moore's anymore but if you could find a dominic moore and put him in between matt martin and brendan lemieux could you imagine how much chaos there would be on the ice at all times the fourth line was out there yeah dude you remember like mark mark recky dude wrecking ball who was the fourth line center you guys had man he played for the sharks he was like a first round pick game shepherd dude <laughs> Would you consider James Shepard a, a true fourth-line center? Is he not in Dom Moore realm? 
No, Dom Moore is your pinnacle fourth line center. Because your pinnacle fourth line center is a guy who's playing fourth line center who thinks he's like a second line center. But is still like very responsible in the defensive end. And that was Dominic Moore. Dominic Moore had no business doing spinorama backhands every time he fucking got to the blue line. But you want to know what? He did and we loved him for it. Bless his heart. Bless fucking his heart, dude. I love Dom Moore. Um, so that was a little Matt Martin to the Rangers talk. This tweet just came out. Literally just saw it. So basically the allegation here is that two San Jose Sharks players paid political bribes to SCC Sheriff Lori Smith in exchange for concealed weapon permits that are nearly impossible to get outside of law enforcement. What a wild tweet that is, dude. I did not think that was going to be coming in on Monday on uh, September 21st. Is it the first today? Yeah. Shout out Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, but, I yeah, I just thought this was kind of bananas. Why? Yes. Yeah, like, so, so my whole thing on this is it's either, like, I heard this story and my first thought is it's probably the guy with the zoo in his backyard and all the tattoos. And, but I've been thinking about it more. That almost seems too obvious to me. And, like, if you're Brett Burns and you didn't do this, you got to be pissed because you know that deep down everyone thinks that this was you. Yeah. Like, whatever your teammates are, you just – gotta come out and do it and also um how do you like how, how did they do this how do you bribe a sheriff dude i don't know like <laughs> how does somebody have it in their mind to walk up to a police officer and be like hey i'll give you money if you give me this and think that it's not gonna get out yeah i i mean do you th- so one of two things do you think this is just a really corrupt sheriff or do you think they're just a really big sharks fan <laughs> Probably a little bit of both, dude. Yeah. So I don't know if this is messed up to do, but I just, I just want to. I'm gonna rattle off a couple names from their roster, and I just want a quick, like, yes, pro, like a probably, maybe, or a no. Can you do that for me? Yep. All right. Brett Burns. Probably. Logan Couture. No. Martin Jones. I hope not. Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer, dude. I don't think Timo Meyer wants a fucking concealed pistol permit, dude. Joe Thornton. Yes. Mark Mark Edward Vlasic. Wild card. Yeah, I agree with that one. Kevin LeBanc. No, he's from he's from Long Island, dude. And here's my wild card, dude. I don't know if people from Sweden like guns, but Marcus Sorensen. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> He seems like – because part of me thinks, like, you would almost have to be, like, European to think that's okay. European and, like, not a cowboy hat, but the hat that, like, the guys from the Three Musketeers would wear. Marin yeah. Sorkin in a Three Musketeer hat wielding a concealed pistol permit or or whatever gun permit there is. It kind of makes all the sense. Dude. Yeah, because I just feel like if, like, like – if. I just don't know that many people that if I asked them if that was a good idea, they'd be like, yes, like yeah, this will work out. But you ask Mar- Marcus Sorensen, he's like, eh. Yeah. I don't know, man. Does this mean the Sharks are the bad boys of hockey? Like, do you think this turns it around for the franchise? I, I think it depends on who the player is, dude. If it's Brent Burns, he probably just did it so he can, like, go hunting or something. Yeah, just so he could, like, look, like, cool on his wall. But if it's Marcus Sorensen, he gives me, he gives me the vibe of the kicker from the replacements. <laughs> yeah oh man what was that guy's name I, don't know, I forget his name but he was wiry he was wiry yeah that's right great movie oh real movie great reference kid brains flowing today uh we got a couple more stories to talk about uh we'll touch on quickly eric stahl actually yeah we'll start with this one eric stahl goes to buffalo for marcus johansson straight up jade i love when you get the one for one involved in the trade as if like as if these insiders think they're original when they did it, dude. The, the original is fucking Taylor Hall for – what the fuck was his name? Uh, Larson. Larson. Adam Larson. Trades one for one. Um, you're you're going to be – I think this is great for Buffalo. Whoa. I really do. Fine, dude. I, I, you know I hate the Stahl family, but if I had to pick one of the Stahls I would want on my team, it would be Eric Stahl. That guy's been playing in the league for so long. The shit that he did in Minnesota was insane. It makes me really think the Rangers just didn't play him the way he should have been played when they ended up picking him up. Yes, in case you remember, the the Rangers did actually have two stall members of the family on their team. It was my fucking worst nightmare. But I think this this helps Buffalo, dude. I think it takes a little bit off of Jack Eichel, dude. And not only that, 
as as Eric Stahl never not been a captain. I feel like that guy has always been a captain. Now you have a guy who's who's been there. He won a cup is when he was with the Hurricanes, right? Like a long ass time ago. Yeah. You have a guy who's been there. He's done that. He's he's well respected around the league. And you put him around Jack Eichel, who you want to know what? Kind of sounds like he's getting sick and tired of Buffalo. So you bring in you bring in a veteran guy to maybe fucking calm him down. Be like, hey man, this is like this is the shit that you have to like fucking do. And again, another center down the middle. I think it's good for them. And Marcus Johansson, honestly, I forgot he was even in the league. Uh, I think the Sabres are kind of getting rid of those weird contracts that they just started giving out to people. So I'm good with it. Yeah, I think so. I kind of have the opposite take on it. I think I'm biased because I watch Johansson play, but I think Marcus Johansson's a good player. I don't think he served purpose in Buffalo, and I agree it was probably a weird contract, but I think it's a good move for the Wild in a weird way. I think the Wild are still kind of irrelevant, but I like what Bill Guerin was saying, and Bill Guerin was basically saying, like, fuck it, like, don't stand still, don't stand stagnant. Like, he's going to make deals. Like, he said he's going to look. I like that for the Wild. I think if you're a Wild fan and you just have Bill Guerin shooting from the hip, like, there's been worse things. Like, you've been the most irrelevant team for a while. Like, well, you have this. themselves with those contracts, too, that, that Sutter and uh, Parisi contracts. There's only so much you can do. So, I think you kind of nailed it there, Hal, because at least he's doing something. Yeah, and you always hear stories about Bill Guerin, too, being this, like, kind of, like, prickly, like, old dude. He has, like, a good sense of humor, but he's kind of a dick. Yeah. Like, he's a dick veteran. And, like, I can just see – Bill Guerin, like, overpowering other GMs in negotiations. Like, I, I think he's going to be a really good GM. Like, I, Bill Guerin definitely doms the other GMs, dude. Can you imagine, yeah. can you imagine Bill Guerin in a room with that Alex Chaika guy? Yeah, exactly. Chaika would be breaking rules for him before he left the room. Oh but I, I, uh, I guess I agree with the Sabres thing. The Sabres are just so weird to me. And, and, like, I feel like people always harp on the Leafs and what they've done with their young players. But, like, Eichel and Darlene are both really good hockey players, and I just don't understand how the Sabres haven't been able to figure it out. Like, as a Bruins fan, I have been, like, low-key scared of the Sabres figuring it out for, like, eight years now. It's like, oh, my God, they have another high draft pick. Like, this is the piece, and then they don't do it. So I guess if you're a Sabres fan, why not? Like, Johansson was never going to make a huge difference for the Sabres, and maybe you're right, stalled down the middle leadership can turn it around um and maybe maybe it goes well and the sabers are like hey we need more veteran stalls on this team oh my god mark stalls of the fucking sabers for connor sheer could you i could actually i don't know why but i can see all three stalls playing on the sabers together before eric retires that'd be cool dude that'd be poetic right and it's kind of close they're from thunder bay like that's not that bad of a drive i'm sure like the jump dude hop skip and a jump you know what i'm saying but Dale, how you doing over there? I'm good, dude. I was uh, I was gonna add something, but I'll save it for a little later. Okay. Um, and then we have two other things. Alex Petrangelo doesn't look like he's going back to the Blues. This would scare me because I think he's a little bit older. I know he's a really really good defenseman, but anytime there's a veteran older defenseman who's pretty good, I think I have the right to be scared because the Rangers would do that and they would fuck it up. Uh, Petrangelo, what do you have on this, dude? Yeah, I – so I agree that he's older. I think he finished fourth in Norris voting this year. Like, he's still a really good defenseman. He yeah. just captained a team. It's not like – I don't think he's in his 30s yet. He might be like 28, 29. Could be wrong on that if someone could fact check me. Uh, but I don't know. To me, this feels like – 30 years old. Okay, so he just turned 30. If you can get him for, like, five years, I think that's acceptable. I think he's going to want more years. Hopefully, like, you can front-load the contract. But it also helps that, like, the NHL salary cap's not moving this year. It's a tough year to be a free agent. Like, maybe you can get him for something that you normally wouldn't. I would be pumped. If my team was looking for a D-man and they signed him and we had the money, I would be pumped. I think from the Blues standpoint, this is going to be a lot like how the Capitals look like complete jackasses for letting Barry Trotz go after winning a cup. I know it was like a summer after, but it's the same thing to me. Like you're letting your captain defenseman go a year after you guys won the cup. Seems like a questionable move. And it's not like he's bad. Like he's still fucking good. Yeah, it's it's over. You guys don't have enough money because you traded for Justin Falk. Dude, can you imagine fucking being an NHL free agent and just like just being an NHL player just waiting for your first time that you're a free agent. You want to cash in the ticket and it's the fucking year of COVID. Yeah. Just millions of dollars on the table. Like that. 
You know what I've always thought about? Because we always talk about free agency sucking, but can you imagine from the perspective if you're like a guy, like you're a veteran and like free agent frenzy starts and you just get – your agent gets zero calls and yeah. you just sit there all day, dude? I mean, yeah, that would 1,000% happen to me. And I would just keep <laughs> calling the agent. He's like, Ked, like – yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. And then, and then when he does call me, I'm like fucking blacked out at the bar. He's like, this is a good look for you. Um, and then the last one we have, Jimmy Montgomery, dude, two-year contract assistant with the Blues. Uh, we're happy about this. It wasn't that long ago that he got canned from the Stars for, you know, popping bottles. But uh, he's back with the St. Louis Blues. And, you know, I thought what Tyler Sagan I – think, I think it was Sagan. It was Sagan or Ben when they said that they expected to play for that guy for the rest of their career. I thought that kind of was like, wow. Um, yeah, he's back in the NHL. What do you have on your your you main boy? Yeah, dude, I'm pumped. I don't know if Dale has anything on this, but it's it's good one because this means he's doing better, right? If he has a job and he's getting back out there. Um, but yeah, man, I I was actually thinking about him the other day because like, how bad would it suck though to watch the team you were coaching be in the Stanley Cup Finals, and like and like you were going through stuff, but it like. That would be that'd be such a hard pill to swallow, man. Like it would, dude. But at the same time, that's a glass half empty thing. He also could think of the, the way where, like, I help these guys. Like, I'm sure he has no hard feelings towards those players. So I feel like he's probably happy for them. And at the same time, he's probably just happy to be back in the league, dude. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. But it's still like kind of sour. But but I agree with that. And I think too, like, it's probably gonna be perfect for him. Like, he. You talked about Sagan saying those things when he left. Like, he's clearly a player's coach, and I feel like to be a good assistant coach, you have to be a player's coach. Like, that's that's kind of your wheelhouse is actually being nice to the team sometimes. So I think he'll fit good in that role, and I definitely think two, three years down the line, uh, he's going to be a head coach again. Like, it's gonna he's when he's ready to be a head coach, he's going to get hired, like, right off the bat. I hope so. I think that'd be really, really good for him. And you know what? If not, he'll be a fucking great assistant coach. So shout out to Jimmy Montgomery at UMaine. Uh, we are now going to dive in. I think this is our last segment of the night. Uh, we're just going to end it with our Dominic Moore's Heroes and Zeros. Hey fans, this is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff here. Thanks, Dom. We talked about you a little bit earlier. Still miss you, man. Also, if anybody listening to this podcast has any sort of connection with Don Moore, would love to have him on the pod. So maybe we can figure that out. Uh, <laughs> Heroes and Zeros of the Week. I'll go first. My Zero of the Week. Cup final, dude. I... Is anybody else tired, dude? Like, I'm kind of tired. We talked about this a couple podcasts ago. Like, we didn't really get the break we normally get. And, like, I just – I don't know. And we talked about this before the pod. Like, the Rangers and the Bruins aren't in any of them. So, like, it's it's just hard for me to get that stoked that, like, Cedric Parkat could win a Stanley Cup or Blake Como is going to win a Stanley Cup before You're him. a Como guy now, though, dude. You said it. I know. But, like, so, like, <laughs> I don't know. I hope it ends up being a, a good cup final. But as of right now, Kind of my zero. I'll, I'll keep you updated next week. Uh, my hero of the week goes to the morning skate, dude. Goes to you guys. Uh, I just accepted a new position at, at a job, uh, Death Wish Coffee. I'm their new social media guy. Uh, Going to be doing a ton of shit over there, and I wouldn't have, got, wouldn't, wouldn't have gotten the fucking big boy job without the morning skate. So I appreciate both of you for doing this with me every week. Uh, before the podcast started, Hal – how fuck called me out and said, Hey, Ked, are you still going to be able to do this? And I've been doing it for four years. And I understand that the last couple of weeks, the pod hasn't really been, you know, automatic or consistent. But uh, I would never let go of this thing, dude. So um, we're, I'm just going to be fucking ready to go. Alexi Lafreniere, first overall pick coming up for the Rangers. And uh, I love this shit, dude. It, it makes my week go by a little bit quicker knowing that I get to fucking bullshit and talk hockey with you guys. So. Uh, my hero of the week, you guys, my bloggers, love you guys. Keep fucking sending them in. I'm so sorry that sometimes I don't post the blogs. Specifically this weekend, I was way too fucked up, dude. And I just remembered it like 15 minutes ago. But that one's on me. Uh, but, yeah, so that, that's my hero and zero for the week. Oh, I'm getting Ooh. notifications. Our fearless leader, dude, that was beautiful. Uh, yeah, no, that was good. Uh, I'll go really quick. Hero of the week. Hero of the week. I'm just going to say Joe Pavelski. I don't know if you saw this. 57th career postseason goal, third most by a U.S. player in NHL history. Third most in the in U.S. or by U.S. player in NHL history. That's a big stat. Like Joe Pavelski, 
is quietly one of the best American hockey players ever. That's a stat that doesn't lie. That's the coolest thing, dude, is it is quietly. Like, this guy has done it every fucking year, man, and he doesn't stop, and he finds different ways to get it done. He's, like, one of the hardest-working players in the NHL. Shout-out Joe Pavelski and Company 39, too. Shout-out to them. And zero, I say I put it at 0% chance that he doesn't pass that record. Like, he has a couple more years left on his contract. No way he doesn't end with more than 60. Uh, Dallas Stars win the cup. Jamie Ben gets it. Who does he hand it off to you first? Oh. Ah. You got I don't know. have to hand it to Joe Pavelski. You think? How many years has that guy been on the Sharks come that close and not win? I know, but I just feel like, and this is probably a soft take, I feel like Sagan's, like, feelings would get hurt if he didn't Oh, get probably. Right. The tattoos, dude, right? Because he has <laughs> tattoos? Yeah, it might be. It might be. It, it all comes back now? to the It makes sense now. Yeah. Uh, no, that was a good one. My zero of the week. I got to look it up on my phone really quick. Uh, it's Massachusetts youth hockey. I took a screenshot of this, one of the random – uh, beat reporters that I follow on Twitter retweeted this article. In Massachusetts, youth hockey centers are required to wear masks to take face-offs in games, which is kind of crazy, but whatever. An easy fix to this at all levels. Do away with face-offs entirely. They would not be missed. In what world? They would not be missed? Yeah, I think – so I think that might be an opinion from a athletic writer. I, here's my thing, dude. Face-offs would 100% be missed. Face-offs are such a big part of the game. Like, to me, like, face-offs, like... Mano-a-mano, dude. Who fucking wants it more? And who's dude, I would rather they made the net bigger than take away face-offs. Like, I, it's just a completely different game. Like, possession, like, perfect face-offs. Like, winning a draw, breaking the it? puck out. What is this, girls lacrosse, dude? All in your shot, the play. Yeah, it's like... Hey, hey, hey buddy, I'm going back to you. Boom, it happens. Yeah, like exactly, dude. Run the play, like it's that just wasn't such a shot. A... At, also, that wasn't a shot at girls across. This is good. I feel like girls across doesn't have faceoffs. No, they do. It's just... yeah, they like throw it up in the air. It's like the reverse. Oh, yeah. I thought I thought it was just a possession thing. Okay. No, that's fair though. I mean, there probably aren't as many. I just I don't know. It seems like you guys agree. I thought that was a really stupid take. Like you that's can't. That guy clearly never fucking played hockey. We're not going to miss face-offs. We're not going to miss the part of the game where a team gets fucking possession, you idiot. Dude, I used to always love – I used to always love uh, watching kids like BizDev and Feverboy Rex go try to go 1v1 in face-offs after practice. Like, everyone thought they were so sick at face-offs. There was always that one kid that was a winger who just acted like he was so unreal on face-offs. It's like, bro, if you were that sick of face-offs, you would be a center. <laughs> no? Do you believe that, though? Or do you think, like, growing up, like, youth, high school, like, junior, whatever, like, Oddshaw coaches, like, do you think they actually pay attention who's good on draws, or do you think they just don't care? When I coached the Oddshaw at Cortland, I knew who could win me. I think, I think what happened, yeah? coaches, coaches, like, notice it about halfway through the season, then they decide they're going to care for, like, one practice so then you like you know what i mean or like two three that's times. terrible coaching then because i fucking knew exactly who could who could win face off on my thing and if there was ever any time where like it was a defensive zone draw and it was like a big draw or anything like that i swear to god i would send out two i would send out my best two centers and have one I literally like the nhl as if my center is going to get kicked off in the acha but i put another one out there just in case i love that though dude because i like don't think i ever experienced that like in the NHL, it's like, oh, like, the coach puts out, like, Jeff Halpern or, like, Stefan Yell. Yeah, like, what so, like, right? like, to win the big draw. But, like, I just felt like growing up, they would just send out any jabroni. It's like, no, like, where's the kid with the softest hands? Like, yeah, I don't man. know, man. Face-offs are huge. I, Back to your comment about there's always that one winger who thinks he's sick of face-offs. Was that, were you just fucking straight up calling me out there or what? No, I don't. I didn't know. Did you think you were sick of faceoffs? Oh, well, I am sick of faceoffs. <laughs> so why didn't you play center? I'm grossly out of shape, dude. That's way too much skating. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, oh, and this is a complete side rail. I, I don't know if you guys agree with this take either. I think one of the coolest positions in sports is, uh, is Fogo. It's the faceoff getoff guys in I lacrosse. Three games, <laughs> junior college. Look it up. Just, like, knowing your role, just, like, all you got to do is win a draw and then fucking get out of there. I have a video of me taking a face-off. I think it was one of the three face-offs I took in junior college for lacrosse, and it's at RPI. 
and we're playing their JV team, and they drop the whistle, and this kid just fucking bundles me, dude, and just takes the ball and goes the other way. And it's actually really funny because everybody's like, yeah, because I finally got in. They're like, yeah, Ken, here we go, Ken. They blow the whistle. And they're like, come on, Ken. I get run over and you just hear everybody go, oh. <laughs> like, likely at the same time. I'll never show it to you, but I watch it occasionally every once in a while. You should send it. You should send it. Dale, did you ever take draws? Yeah, bro. You know that. I've been a center my whole life, pretty much, dude. No, I was talking about lacrosse. I know you did oh. in, in hockey. Yeah, yeah. I took I took draws. Uh, yeah, all in, all throughout high school. Dale would just be a centerman all the way around. Dale, the- Dale, what's your hero on zero? So my hero kind of dovetails off of your uh, your sermon for the morning skate. My my hero really just goes. Right. Into- it was beautiful, bro. It was a nice riff. Um, I, it, it really just goes out to hockey guys. I'm, uh, you know, working working for my family business and having the fortunate opportunity to do a deal with some uh, hockey people. Not to say who it is, but just cut from the same cloth. Nice people. Fucking, there's nothing just there's nothing like dealing with people with hockey. Um, the trust, the fun. It's just it's just there all all year round, and just like uh, just like being in the locker room. Just I don't know. It, we we just have fun together. It's like, it's like you're friends with these people, like automatically. When I found out you were doing what you were doing, I immediately thought to myself, like Dale's gonna have one of the best days he's had in a really long time. Yeah, and it's like I don't think I've had this much fun at work. Yeah, all year. So <laughs> it's just uh, it's just good good all around. Um, and then my zero of the week goes to outdoor dining. I was trying to think of something bad that happened this week and. Really, the only thing that could come to mind was outdoor dining. And What's wrong? Late, late September. It's just cold. It's cold. It is cold, I've man. This, it I've is cold. This, I've got this heat lamp. I ordered it. I ordered a steak. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like shivering. I'm on the outside. Just you know, just figure it out. I know. I know. It's not much. I, I think that first world such city slickers, dude. It's too cold. For no, Ked. Ked, can I give Dale's defense? It's just if like you're not, if if you're not hammered, it's too cold. Like, if you've been drinking, like, you have that warmth inside. What time are we going? Are we going at, like, 5? I tried to get breakfast this weekend at, like, 8.30, and I sat outside for 35 seconds. What and I was like, you trying to stand outside at 8.30 in the morning during the fall, dude. But you're telling me you're telling me when you eat outside anywhere between noon and, like, 5 o'clock, it's not beautiful? Dude, it was cold this weekend. <laughs> I fucking raged yesterday, dude. We we did brunch at Hattie's, went to the ice house. I was sweating profusely. Because you were drinking, dude. No, because it was sunny, dude. <laughs> yeah, all right. It definitely helps warm you up. Uh also, Dale, I don't know. I saw you had something bizzed up. Are you trying to talk are you trying to talk cheesesteaks really quick? Oh yeah. So I am in Philly and um I've been to Gino's cheesesteaks. I've never gone pats yet. I've just this is just a this is just a softball out for our audience right here. Pats or Gino's cheesesteaks. What do you guys like? Tweet us in, comment, whatever. Just curious. It's a it's a it's a debate. Cad, you've never been there, but there's there's this South Philly. It's these two cheesesteak places. It's the the home of the cheesesteak, and there's Pats and there's Gino's, and they face each other. So it's, like, so it's almost like Anchor Bar and Duff's or like the Tomato Pie in Utica. They face each other. It's mono and mono, and it's. That's know, it's a huge it's a huge whoa 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 what were the two places in utica uh the bells i think and i forget the other one how do you know this because we went camping and we asked people who are the best tomato pie okay. was and it was like 50 50 and we pulled up to the strip and this one business i forget what it was had like hundreds of signs saying that they won all these awards in like 2012 and then we're like well what happened the last six years or however many years and then we went to the other place and fucking great tomato pie tomato pie for breakfast that day that was great fuck i was just gonna ask you something i forget what it was it was a good question too it was gonna be an embrace debate kind of thing i don't know do you guys have anything else that's it dude tomato pies the last thing last thing i want to say is um no white side our friend who's who did the uh the intro that we all love here He's coming out with a new his debut album. It's called Summertime. It's coming out this Friday. Uh, catch it on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, all of the above. Really, uh, Bandcamp. No Whiteside, great dude, and uh, even better music. So, Bury me on file the street. No Whiteside, and then one last thing. Uh, Wednesday, I am going to a place called Twenty North. 
it is a chicken wing place in Schenectady, New York. If you ask anybody in the capital region who has the best chicken wings, 20 North is often named one of the places. I will send you guys pictures. I'm really fucking excited. I've never heard of this place. If you ask anyone, anyone who's anyone about chicken wings in, in section two, 20 North is like one of the first places that pops up. That's interesting, dude. I usually don't cross the twin bridges. I don't. Uh, what inspired this, dude? Did you get like an inside scoop? Yeah, we. Yeah, I will say that. You got a game. I mean, I'm looking at photos of them. I mean, they look pretty good, dude. It's interesting to see because like hyped up chicken wing places sometimes let me down so much and then hole in the wall places lift me up and sometimes i just think it's because of expectations does that yeah, make sense I mean, dude i've heard of this place for like six years now like when i was dating a, a girl a few years ago from the niskayuna area she used to talk about 20 north all the time and so i already kind of knew about it and then Going on a little double date, 20 North on Wednesday, dude. So I'll, uh, I'll How many chicken wings are you going to eat? Did you have to eat the most chicken wings at the table? Are you going to get the garlic buffalo parm? These ones look good. No, dude. I'm not going to get the garlic buffalo parm. There goes Dale with his fancy chicken wing orders. Hey, dude. Holy shit, man. I haven't eaten there once, and you're asking me if I'm getting the fucking Cajun barbecue. No, dude. You go hot. Straight hot wing. Hot fucking wing. Fuck. But, all right, I'll keep you guys updated. That was the morning skate, guys. We will – can we all promise to do one, like, Sunday or get one ready for next I'll month? I'll get my dog on Sunday, bro. I'll have my dog. That's sick. I'm into that. Hal, are you in? I'm in, dude. Good luck in Detroit, Dale. Thanks, buddy. Oh, yeah, dude. Eight mile, right? Yeah, grizzly. All right, guys, we will talk to you guys later.